Tell me how to say ladies and gentlemen in gender neutral terms. Hey yo. Hey yo. Hey yo. Why a hello and a howdy. We're so very glad to see you. Cause we're getting kind of rowdy and we've got a lot to say. And we're gonna try and do our very best to entertain you. And we hope you'll be delighted by the time you go away. That's pretty exciting, right, Omega? Indeed. Yeah, right. HIAC talk radio is always exciting. You will deal with that Atlas harshly. Thank you, broke it. And you're listening to Hell in a Cell Radio. The Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. She dragged me to Derek Jeter's last game, too. So. I mean, it is Derek Jeter. You can't hang now, to be fair, uh, and to just to get one back on you, and I apologize, I, I love you, Derek, so no mm-hmm. disrespect, although mm-hmm. this is very disrespectful. Uh, my friend who's known me since I was born, one of the first people that visited me when I was born was like, hey, Dan, you want to go see the Phillies-Mets in the last Philly series at Chase Stadium? And my reply to him was... If I wanted to walk in dog shit, I'd walk in my backyard with my eyes closed. <laughs> you can't. You can't. Listen, sir, sir. I'm, so, sir, I'm you, sorry. You, I, bro. you can't say that about Shay. Yes, I it did. was adult. It, it was surrounded by chop shops. But still. It was in Flushing. Yes, and way too close to the airport. Yes. Way too, was, yeah, way. But um, that's not nice. God bless I, well, I, Listen, I just said... It was disrespect. <laughs> I, I am so self-aware, bad. and I didn't know you at the... Well, I mean, I barely knew you at the time. So no, bad. I did not know you at the time. And had I known you, I would have recorded myself saying it and sent you the video. I just want to the, only thing, the only thing more disrespectful than that is Chipper Jones naming one of his kids Shay because he was our father all that year, all those years. That's the second most disrespectful thing I've heard about Shay. Wow, so. he did that. Yes, screw Chipper Jones if he's watching. I don't feel, you know what? I don't feel as bad. I think I get a pass on. <laughs> Do I get a pass if both Craig and I acknowledge? Well, I mean, Craig's secondary because he's older than me and was there longer than me. But if we both acknowledge that Veteran Stadium was also a garbage heap, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. But you World love Series. it, sure. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Don't miss it. You know, I'm gonna be honest. I missed that stadium. I regret that I was never at JFK and I missed that stadium. But we'll mm. talk about that in the next time Greg mentions a card that happened there because we are here to talk about wrestling. Let's get off the baseball go. thing. And I guess I'm an Islanders fan this year because I certainly fell ain't going to fucking watch the Flyers. But um, so Vinny Mac, we talked about this mm. last time all three of us were together. And, and, and mm. it's funny, I first heard about it through Chris, our, our buddy Omega Squad, who texted me the updated article about what they found and then said, and to answer your question, I can't come on the show this week. So I couldn't get him this time. But please know it was there. Yes, uh, Vinnie Mac, basically, the way I'm to understand it, the investigation found that Vinnie Mac has paid millions of dollars to numerous women to keep their sexual exploits secret. Oh, by the way, he also raped this female referee that nobody wants to talk about. Oh, by the way, uh, Vince is still not gone home and he went to a C show. Uh, I call it a show because it's fake too. Um, it's not <laughs> fake. I'm kidding. Um, that was a joke, guys. 
Uh, yeah, so Vinnie Mac still won't go home, and that's the name of this episode because we're following up with Vince. Please still go home. I, who knew? You know, oh, Derek, I'll go to you first because I know Craig's got a lot to say this week as well. Derek, who knew Vince Man was a pile of garbage? Right, like I, I I read the article and I was surprised, but I wasn't. Like I found myself nodding, like yeah, I could okay. I could see all of this happening. The the most egregious part, all of it was pretty bad. But the most egregious was the talent who, once she decided she didn't want to give him favors, they demoted her, then they fired her. I think that was, and and, and I can't say I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. Like, it's funny, I was talking with Tamara and she was like, you know, it's a billionaire using his power <laughs> to, to get over on a woman. It's not really, it's nothing new. But at, at, it's, I know he has all this control and power and you can't vote him out. But if you're one of the networks, you have to call and go, hey, we can't like we can't we can't have this guy associated with our, our company. And I heard um, a report. I mean, I heard an interview, one of some some of the reporters from The Wall Street Journal. And there's still more <laughs> that they expect to come out in the coming weeks. And at some point, you like if you're Steph or Hunter, you got to you got to go to him and go, Dad, you got to go home. Like we you you're going to do more harm than good by being defiant like it's not 1992 anymore you're not giving the middle finger to the you know the supreme court over the steroid trial this is it's a different day it's a different age you're almost eight years old just go home but i wasn't surprised when when i read it um almost surprised that it took this long for all this stuff to come out is <laughs> more like it but uh i just I don't know just... Did it shock anyone else that he paid more money to these women that he did to buy WCW? <laughs> and if no. he had all this money, $12 million, then I'm looking back then. So why couldn't he pay Brett this day? That's the well, that's what I thought. Yeah. But but he had all that. I, and I'm I'm the obviously the easy answer was because he didn't have it then, but mm-hmm. or just over the course of the years, he added my the thing that got me about the article Derek is like how do I if I just put that I went to uh I I was a I took a law class that make me a paralegal <laughs> because this woman that Vince hired she wasn't a paralegal she put it it was on her resume as some type of, of law class she took but she was a woman that Vince met at her at their condo that Vince had and he took a liking to her and this mm-hmm. is the condo that he stays at when he's in, in Florida because he has a separate, he has a house down there that gets to get away from Linda. Um, <laughs> and he took a liking to her and hired her at the starting salary of $100,000. And I looked it up, paralegals don't don't no. make that much their first mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. E- even in the first five years, they're maybe making $100,000 a year. And second year, Two hundred thousand dollars. So uh, again, that's kind of hard to sweep under the rug, and I it it was her blank because she was the one running her mouth about Vince, mm-hmm. and that's all she talked about was him. Had she kept her mouth shut, not saying mm-hmm. that any of this would not have come out, but it wouldn't have it it wouldn't have drawn attention to what he was doing i was more surprised at that mr mcmahon was sending someone 
nude photos of himself. Oh God! Unsolicited <laughs> dick pics. Oh. That's ah. what got me. He's, he's Brett Farving it now. <laughs> That's what Brett Farving. <laughs> but and this, but it, what gets me the same thing we said, Dan, with uh with Jeff Hardy or all these drunk driving arrests. Um, because if you you arrest a drunk driving like two or three times, that means you'll be doing it a lot more. You just got caught three times. But the thing you couldn't with I know Jeff Hardy isn't broke. Hire a driver, and if you're Vince McMahon, hire a sex worker. Or just put a hooker on retainer. Or have sex with your wife. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> My yeah, bad. that would be uh, it. Sorry, I'm out of line. My bad. <laughs> no, but if, if that's your, but if that, obviously it's free if you have sex with your wife. It's not going to cost you $12 million, you know, as you get divorced. But um, if that is your proclivity, then why not just hire someone just to do that? Just like if you know you're a drunken mess, and that you've had multiple DUIs, hire a driver, get an Uber. And I did with Vince, there's other ways to work around. If you want to have sex with someone, just it's fine. If you want to have sex, it's not fine to have sex outside your marriage. But if you're going to do that, why do it with people that you work with? That's what I don't get. You're, mm-hmm. Even if it, everything's fine and dandy, you still have to see that person all the time. And we'll probably never know who the woman was or the, the female ref that or, or the or I, I guess it was one of the divas or one who um, lost her job because she um, um, refused his advances. But um, none of this looks good for them. And I, I don't know if that if if Vince wasn't having legal troubles with this have sparked the other thing we we're going to talk about announced today that the WWE is going to be TV 14. Is mm-hmm. this a, 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 Hey, look over there. Don't look what we're doing here, but Hey, look, guess what we're going to do. Had Vince not been any, in any legal trouble, would this still be what the WWE would do? Go to TV 14 all of a sudden. Derek. Oh, Anyone, anyone. Yeah, it's it. It does seem like a hey, look over there thing, and it it did get some people excited. But my whole thing, it doesn't matter if it's PG, if it's fourteen, if it's MA. If your story sucks, your story sucks. It doesn't really matter. The the rating doesn't really matter. Yeah, it's it's just gonna suck graphically now. Yeah, it's just gonna be more. You know, the the stuff I fell in love with wasn't TV fourteen. I don't. I don't think. I don't. I couldn't imagine. But um. It does seem like a tactic, almost like Stephanie becoming the new CEO was like a tactic. Like, see, look, uh, my daughter's in charge now, you know. Um, the, the same daughter that we relieved of her duty a couple months ago yes. because she was doing a bad job. Yes, and, and led a smear campaign, allegedly, in, in the media about her. But um, yeah, well, I think she just led a smear campaign against him. So, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I think. And I had this conversation with one of my buddies. I think he's afraid to go because it's like a Joe Paterno situation where as soon as they took coaching away from Joe Paterno, he died. And I think Vince thinks if they take this company away from me and I have nothing to do with this company, I'm going to die. That's what I think deep down inside. Because you know, I can't I, tell you how much I don't care. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, like I've, had these, I've had these conversations. I think I told you guys, like with my grandpa, where my grandpa would go, this guy works for a company for 30 years. You retire. 
you're, you're retired for two years and the guy croaks because all he knows is work, 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 work. And I think that's what Vince. And like you said, it wouldn't be a tragedy if you know he necessarily met his demise. But I think that's what he's yeah. worried about. I think he's invested so much into this company that he thinks if I can't have some type of hold on it, I'm going to lose everything. I'm sure it'll be a tragedy for someone somewhere. Yeah, you know, grandkids. Listen, can't deny the good things he's done as a promoter in wrestling. However, you know, I mean, again, this wasn't really, you know, it wasn't a surprise to anybody. No. And to, no. To, 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 further, to further the conversation that Craig and I were having offline before we started the show, uh, there'll be no accountability. There will be no uh, responsibility. He, he will either go away, fade away, and die just like uh, uh, um, Superfly. Yeah. Um, or he'll just go home. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. All there is to it. Isn't that yeah. nice? <laughs> and, and you guys might know better than me, but since it's an internal investigation, they don't necessarily have to report the findings to the public, right? They can just keep that within the company, right? Yeah, they, oh. they can, but the thing is, uh, shareholders, advertisers. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, they, they, they need something because, um, right now, uh, WWE isn't um sparking any interest as far as like. You know, we we need to get this stink off of us because um, mm-hmm. it it doesn't help that your ratings are in the toilet and all mm-hmm. the people that used to watch wrestling back when it was uh, PG thirteen and mm-hmm. Attitude and all that stuff are all gone or they've mm-hmm. all grown up and have kids of their own and I guess that that's what they're banking on all the people that you know were conceived all the kids that were conceived during the Attitude era with puppies and crotch shops and all that now they're growing up and now we you know it's more family friendly because now we have the john cena that's for the the kids of the attitude era well now those kids have grown up now and you know we're going to go back to tv 14 the only thing is i don't know what that entails is that language is that are we going to go back to puppies are we going to have they're showing blood uh on the uh on the screen and i know that this is no way an attempt to get up to AEW, which is the other part of the equation, because while the WWE and Vince are, are sinking, they have all this bad press. AEW is doing nothing to take advantage of that weakened state. So they continue to put on garbage um, week in and week out when they could be, you know, trying to take a lead or trying to, to, to get more viewers that are turned off by the current WWE product. But unfortunately, because we're turned off by the AEW product, they keep giving us more and more of the same shit. And not, no matter how much John Moxley bleeds on primetime TV or how much the wrestlers say shit, yeah. um, that's not going to get any butthole. new viewers unless you put on a better product. And a better product does not include... Orange Cassidy going toe to toe with a guy like Wardlow who should squash him in two minutes oh, or less. Oh, don't get me started. Or having Chris Jericho have a five minute segment, but giving Eddie Kingston 30 seconds. Not having 
the very best tag team on earth who the fans chant unsolicited every single week, not having FTR on TV, wrestling anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, they haven't wrestled once. One tag team match, solo tag team match, since they've won all three belts, since they've been. But no, but we'll keep the Young Bucks on every yeah. week and we'll yeah. have the uh, Danny Garcia and somebody else on every week. Um, and absolutely the guy- fuck the Young Bucks, by the way. I'm so fucking oh, yeah. tired of them. <laughs> yeah, I'm let's- so fucking tired of them. And I'm so with the fans. T- and I'm so fucking tired of saying they suck. I go, yeah, see, we. We suck. We're great at Twitter. Go fuck yourself. You suck. I'm so fucking tired of your shit. Even Cody was like, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. Can you blame him? No. (laughs) He's happier at home with his hot wife and his fucking broken body. Get paid WWE than having to be near you every week. God damn it. Yeah. Read the room, fuckers. And, And I saw an interview with Omega. Where he's talking about like we need storytelling and you can't jump off of stuff every week and you can't bleed it. And I'm thinking this sounds like a guy who sounds like he's had enough. Like he sounds like he's reading the room right now. He's like, well, damn it, <laughs> look look what I'm a part of now. Kind of like I gotta get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I gotta get out of here. Yeah, but it's it, it would be real easy if uh, AEW would do something. And now, granted, they've been snake bit too. You know, WWE not only with the Vince's legal trouble, but you know they. They lost Cody, and they for some reason they got rid of Edge. Um, and Rome is not running a full schedule. They had to show the they had to shine the Brock signal in the air to bring Brock back. They only have three tag teams who wrestle each other every single week, so they need something. But AEW, like I said, they've been snake bit. Punk's out. Daniel Bryan's out. Um, I would do whatever you can to bring MJF back, honestly, because they need something. Christian right now is the best thing on AEW, um, and I'm glad they're giving him the mic every week. Mm -hmm. But uh, outside of that, you're not showcasing the best people you need to showcase. I love the the match last night. Um, We have new AEW Tag Team Champions, uh, Keith Lee and Swerve, uh, but Ricky Starks and... Hobbs need more TV time, need oh, more matches like that. Yeah. Yes. Those are the guys you need to showcase. Not the Orange Cassidy's, not your Dan Housens, not your why does the Dark Order even have TV time? Dark Order has more TV time every week and FTR doesn't. Mm-hmm. For what? For what? For so what? Had to go shorty on you just to get my point across. No, I. Why? Because the fans like it. Ugh. I love Dan Housen, but it, not that much. Getting though. time over. Well, yeah, no, I like him that much. Dan Housen. Okay. Great. Um, his, but, un- his unboxings are funny on YouTube. I don't mean, I love. Yeah, that. no, no. Uh, but what, Dan well, Housen's great. But on uh, for the sacrifice of anybody that he that Craig just mentioned. Um, and I mean, the thing about Dan Housen, and I'm sure he's hilarious, but I I try to look at AEW. Like when I watch a Marvel movie with someone who has no idea what they're seeing it for the first time, explain what it is. What That's why I like watching a Marvel movie with someone who's never seen it before. And they're still caught up because the movie does a great job of explaining what mm-hmm. you're seeing. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Danhausen is. What is he supposed to be? 
it's it, I have we had no backstory. He just like with everyone else, each other. It's Dan Elson. Yeah. So who is he? What is he? What's his deal? We don't know. Yeah. I just know. Oh, he's hilarious. That's great. Why is he hilarious? What? What? Again, is he a wrestler? Is he a character? Is he playing, being a character, putting curses on people? When I saw Danhausen team up with FTR finally getting a match on TV and they teamed up with Danhausen, I was like, are you effing kidding me? Really? <laughs> That's the best use of your, the best tag team on earth? You're going to put him with a clown? Uh, so, yeah, no, AEW, it's like either, neither, team, neither federation wants to win this yeah. wrestling war. It's not even a war. Yeah. I, I look at Warlow, who I enjoyed, and I think they kind of want him to be their Goldberg, which I can understand. But you put him in there with Orange Cassidy, and I go, well, do you guys know why Goldberg worked? Because, you know, they didn't have him in the ring with Disco working for 20 minutes. No. He would, he, he would, squash, he would squash Disco. He'd squash Raven, Saturn, whoever. And he yeah. only had competitive matches when you paid for him on pay-per-view. It's the only time you saw him in the competitive matches on pay-per-view. So when I saw Warlow with Orange Cassidy, I was like, oh, like they, they're blowing it already. The guy's been champion for a week. And they're blowing it already. You can't have a match where the guy that squashes everybody. And then he goes 20 minutes with a guy with his hands in his pocket. And I say this every time when they debut a new, a new wrestler or a guy that's been pushed as a main event guy. He's having a 20-minute match with somebody. I'm looking at this thing and I'm like, who are they trying to push? <laughs> Orange Cassidy or Wardlow? Wardlow is supposed to be your top, your top dog, your top guy. And yeah. he has to go 20 minutes through two breaks with Orange Cassidy? Oh. Yeah, No, they're killing me. Both federations are killing me. Yeah, it's like you said, it's I, I look for something on both shows where you know I try to grab onto like all right I can enjoy this like I, I I turn on Raw and I see like I see Montez Ford and I go oh this guy can be a superstar but I can't trust them <laughs> to make him into a star like I'll believe it when I see it when it comes to him because you can't trust them and the same thing with the other company that I love Christian I love what Christian's doing mm -hmm. but who's to say when Jungle Boy comes back they just don't ruin it and they're done with Christian you like you, you can't trust either company to, to, to do something right in the long haul. No, as long as Tony Khan is the only one booking on AEW, we're, we're going to see the same shit all the time. He's going to put the guys that he likes, you know, he, he dressed up as Orange Cassidy last year for Halloween, so that's his guy. So he's always going to get TV time. Um, but the, the product was a lot better when he was out hurt mm -hmm. and didn't suffer. Yeah, the best tag team on earth. The fans are chanting. Never see him on TV. I was happy that the Young Bucks are no longer the AEW Tag Team Champions. It would have done Go a fuck lot. yourselves. It would have been a lot better if they were one of the ones that were pinned. But, of course, mm -hmm. they're not going to no. get themselves pinned. No. No. because. And if they weren't the EVPs of that company, they wouldn't be your World Tag Team Champions or champions at all. But, um, yeah, it, it, it's hard to watch. And... Um, if the best part about of a three-hour show, the only thing I heard about Raw was I saw that our truth was trending on on Twitter. I didn't watch Raw, <laughs> but all I heard was about um, how funny our truth was. Yeah, that's not a good sign. Nothing. I'm not knocking Truth. Fifty years old, the guy looks just like he did 
20 years ago, 30 years ago. Um, and he had the Usos breaking up. I could see them laughing on camera, mm-hmm. which is great and all if I'm watching Saturday Night Live. Yeah. But I'm watching a wrestling show. No. no see, the problem is, is you're watching a TV show and expecting wrestling when you should just be expecting a television show. Wrestling is long since gone dead. Yeah. Dead. Yeah, it's, it's, it's entertainment and that's okay but at the same time uh i have a thought about aw let's hear it i take this ride with me i i know how you feel about um kenny omega as a wrestler i don't 100 agree with it but some of your points are very valid and, and right on you know, I'm not going to, but I do think his heart and his head is in the right place. And I really would like Tony Khan, shut the fuck up, be the millionaire billionaire that owns the company and just give Kenny, not the young bucks. Fuck yourself, young bucks. Uh, give Kenny Omega full reign. One booker. At least try that. God's sakes, get a direction. Tony Khan should not be booking shit. I'm sorry. This isn't the same thing. You're not Vince McMahon in that respect. Um, you're not paying girls that to be quiet about sex. No, I'm kidding. Um, you're not a man who came from wrestling and boxing promotion family, then became a billionaire. You're billionaire, you're a billionaire that was a wrestling fan and was a football team. Be the owner and let a wrestler do it. Because I do think. Kenny said is in the right place and could do a much better job of it, in my opinion. I, I agree you would do a much better job than Tony Khan. My problem with Kenny Omega booking everyone is because I see the way he books the, the women's division, and we would just have nothing but 90-pound Japanese schoolgirls running roughshod. Schoolboys. Schoolboys. School, yeah. And him just bringing all the Japanese boys in. And I mean, that's okay too, but at least it's a direct, it, do something. At least it's a direction. There's the stuff that's on there now isn't working. So maybe try the New Japan guys exclusively. I, so, I, go ahead. No, I was going to say, like, all right, so a year ago, <clears throat> the story was we're going to build up Adam Page, right? Uh-huh. People invest in Adam Page. Yeah, Plus, a year fuck that was. Here we are a year later, and he's just a guy. It's like the last year didn't even happen. He's just a guy. And it's the, like, well, what was the point? The, the point was Tony Khan made a promise to him. They were going to start mm-hmm. with Adam Page and Kenny Omega, tag team, break them up, and then Page was going to work his way back up and beat Omega for the championship. That was the deal because he made a promise to Adam Page, and Tony Khan is that guy. What Tony Khan didn't see was here's Daniel Bryan showing up in AEW and here's CM Punk showing up in AEW. That's awesome. But I promised Adam he would get the belt a year ago. So I really can't go back on that. Fucking go back on it. You got two of the biggest guys from W. You have Punk coming back for seven years. Mm -hmm. Fuck that promise. Adam, business is business. Babe, sweetie, I love you. But I got Daniel Bryan and CM Punk here in AEW. 
Stuff yep. that never thought people never thought would happen. That's who yeah. you put the belt on. One of those guys. Yeah. Not immediately. Mm. Build them up. Have them wrestle on TV every week. Mm-hmm. If not wrestle every week, appear every week. Five minute segment talking and on have them live on Dynamite and have a, a interview with them on Rampage. And and then you put the belt on one of those guys, but not, oh, yeah, well, I promised Adam Page he would get it a year ago, and I can't go back on that. Yeah, you fucking can. Because <laughs> what, you, what you did and putting the, the, you put the belt on Page, and he was the fifth most over guy in the company. Mm-hmm. He's, behind, he's behind Danielson and Punk and MJF and Wardlow. He's not even the most popular guy there, and he's your champion. That's I, I was watching old AWA and it's like the the Freebirds, the Road Warriors, and the Russians were all on the card in the AWA, and your AWA tag team champions were fucking Jimmy Garvin and Steve Regal. The first <laughs> Steve Regal. <laughs> they were your AWA tag team champions. Like or back when, when Rude and maybe remember when Rick Rude and Manny Fernandez were in NWA tag team champions? In the same company, they had the Rock and Roll Express, the Midnight Express, the Koloffs, and the Road Warriors. But Rude and, and Manny Fernandez were your champions. Yeah, there, there's that should not happen. Your your best guys get the belts. That's yeah. how it should be anyway. I mean, I'm gonna say, Craig, I don't remember that. I'm not that old. Yeah, <laughs> I am. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't fucking understand. I I, I don't. I don't get it. I and don't like, get it. Like you said, he had the golden opportunity to uh, take the brass ring and run with it. And he's, I, I don't, I hate to compare it to mid 90s WCW because the guys they were getting from Vince were guys who were kind of like over the top or couldn't go. Other than Macho Man, they mm-hmm. were getting guys who were over the top and still couldn't wrestle. But you're bringing in all these ex WWE guys. Yes. And you're going to hurt the guys who were there from the beginning. So, like, if I'm a Ricky Stark, and I look at, or I'm an MJF, and I look at Cody, who Cody refers to them as his kids. I look what Vince and company did with Cody. Well, why would I stay here when I can go over there and be the new shiny toy? And they're going to push me just because I come from AEW. Like, I don't understand. Like, they have to be careful that that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're, the next big pay-per-view is all out. Like, that's like their WrestleMania. It's going to be headlined by Moxley <laughs> and CM Punk. And it's like, oh, but look at all these other Wardlow should I, I I'm I'm okay with him being TNT champion, but if he was gonna squash MJF like that, you should have pushed him towards the world title. He should have got it, the, the the TNT title the very next week or that yes. that that rampage right after that pay-per-view, right after he squashed MJF, he should have won the title at the very next TV show. Yeah, and like cause I like I said, I, it's almost like Tony forgets how they push Goldberg. Yes, they put the US title on Goldberg. But a month or two later, he was the world champ. Exactly. Because, yeah, and it seems like they're going to take the slow approach with Wardlow, and I pray for Wardlow when he gets there, people still care. Like, you can see people losing interest in him already, and he, it was like a month ago he destroyed MJF. Yeah. But he can't, but he has to, he, he goes 20 minutes with Orange Cassidy. <sighs> and then, <laughs> yeah, dance fade to black. And not Orange Cassidy. I was fixing my <laughs> pants. 
Uh, it's my opinion. You don't have to play with yourself during this podcast. Well, I can't help you two are so goddamn sexy. I can't. I know. I understand. I understand. Yeah. I, you know. As long as you once get you, that. Once you spank it to black, you never go back. That's what they say. Yeah. That's well, that, they, that's that, I'm still waiting for that. Still waiting for that episode of MythBusters. Um, <laughs> that ain't no. That ain't gonna happen. Yeah, Although the little redhead. Oh wait, let me let me stop before I say something I'm gonna regret. Um. Yeah. So I. I, I don't understand. It all seems so simple from this side of it, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. we just came up with three arguably better ideas than there is going right now. Just hire one of us. Oh, I don't yeah. even hire, hire some schmuck, whatever. <laughs> I don't care. Try something. I, I, Tony yeah. Khan needs to go home. Definitely. Or just go in the skybox, whatever. I don't do, care. Do both owners of both companies need to go home? Go the fuck home. Yes. Yes, they do. Vince, go home. Just yeah, just go, man. You won that life. Like you're a billionaire, just leave. You literally like you literally you've raped somebody yes. allegedly. Uh you've you've cheated on your wife and up to this point successfully covered it up. Go home. Yeah. Yeah, just, yeah. Oh man, be happy you're free, buddy. Oh, <laughs> you know, like it's the Bill Cosby thing. Only even Bill Cosby did time. Yeah, and the legal yeah. system fucked him over. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like and he's home. It's now, like so. It's it's like you said the last time I was on here about OJ. Like OJ, just go get lost. <laughs> like don't don't even. OJ, I know they took this. I know they took your stuff, and yes, that's wrong. But just being you, you can't you can't do that, man. Just go home. I'm gonna yeah. be honest, guys. I laughed so hard at the video when they overturned when the Supreme uh oops, someone said a bad word court overturned uh the ruling for Roe versus Wade. And and I saw a video of fucking OJ saying that. Uh, the, by the way, what's going on with his voice? Hello, Twitter know. world. Hello, Twitter oh. world. Yeah, it's no, creepy, no, but, right? it's like, but it, but, but it's like, oh, it's, it's all gone, right? Yeah. But he's yeah. like, I think that women should be in control of their own rights, and we should. Like, sir. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure you removed the rights and you cut some uh, woman's head off. Sir. Sir, go. Oh, hold on. Go home. <laughs> it's like uh, when when R. Kelly was found guilty, Bill yeah. Cosby let off a press release. I'm like, Bill, just Bill. leave it alone, man. Bill, no. press re- the only press release you should be releasing is, I'm going to bed. Yeah, Good well, night. Out, Bill. Somebody stop Good. Good night, Bill. <laughs> I, hey, did you guys know I used to live real close to Preston on WMMR? <laughs> that was for Craig. Yes, that's true. Ah, uh, Craig. Sir. You know what's funny? It's last week we were so positive about Bonner and Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And this week we're like, you know, Derek comes on. It's like, fuck you. Fuck wrestling. Fuck everybody. No. It's, no, it's okay. It's, it's been Not a crazy... It's been a crazy week in wrestling, and I think we have something and good that you know we delayed this podcast from two days because 
of something that happened, you know, we have something to talk about now. But I want to add something. Add, what do you want to add, Dan? I have something I forgot about. Let me What's find that? the let me find the tweet. Uh, because I, I need your thoughts on that shit. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and Jordan Grace. We all know who Jordan Grace is. If you oh, don't know who, jo- yeah. If yeah. you don't know who Jordan Grace is, shame the fuck on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan Grace is one of the nicest people I ever met. One of the best wrestlers in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I think she started wrestling. She was fourteen. Like she's she was ahead of the. She's miles ahead of a lot of people who are in her same bracket. And she right. should be on. She should be on somewhere other than Impact. What the fuck do I know? Um, I'm going to read this tweet. I'm going to read this tweet. This is the original tweet, and I think Derek said, "Oh, so I know. I think I know. He knows what's going on." Mm-hmm. Uh, this is going to be the coldest take I ever tweet on this app, and I already know y'all going to be bad. I don't think Benoit could 100% hang with most of the present day wrestlers. He would not be able to remember matches. He also, mm. also, may he burn in hell. Amen. Maybe I'm biased because he murdered his family. I don't know. Probably just me. I think we should all hate him and disregard his entire body of work. But again, mm. that's just my take. I always found it revolting to see people praise his wrestling after what he did. Proving a point. I said something very lightly critical about him. People jumped to defend him. He should never be defended. Dude lost that right when he strangled his. I forgot what he, he, he she graphically said, you know, killed mm-hmm. his wife and son. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Holy fucking shit. Do I agree with her? <laughs> I don't necessarily agree with her saying that. Benoit wouldn't be better than some of the wrestlers today, but the point is that shouldn't be a discussion because who gives a fuck? He murdered his wife and son. He murdered his wife, who is one of the greatest female managers in wrestling history, and he murdered his son and the devil's advocate. Yes, but it was brain damage. Yeah, he murdered his wife and son. But what about his other son? I don't give a fuck how he feels. He murdered his son and wife. How about let me double down on that hot take to the point where she had to double back, apologize because, you know, Chavo Guerrero was bad. Um, <laughs> and had to do a phone call and, 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 and my apologies to, is it David Benoit? Yes, David. Uh, my apologies to him because he's got to live the rest of his life with that over his fucking head. Um, like no, none of us, none of us, zero of us, you, me, Craig and Derek, uh, anybody listening to this, anybody tweeting in his defense or against him, have no idea what the fuck that's like. Mm-hmm. He's got to live with that. He has to take that criticism. People blame him for, you know, uh, all that aside. No disrespect to him. I have nothing against the kid. Uh, I don't give a fuck if Chris Benoit is ever mentioned again. I don't give a fuck if he's ever in the Hall of Fame. It's a stupid conversation to have. With all the evidence we had, that doctor forever should burn in hell. 
if there's a hell, hope he burns in it. I hope his pain, his death is painful and long. Uh, I, I, I don't understand why that was a hot take. It shouldn't be in a conversation. That's just, no. I just want your thoughts on that, Craig. Yeah, Derek, you go first, and you were going to say something. Okay. I, Crispin, Chris Benoit was my guy. Um, mm-hmm. He walked into WCW. Oh, I fucking some, loved Chris Benoit. Yeah, for some strange when strange reason when when he when I first went to ECW and he came into WCW, like this is my guy, right? I haven't watched a match of his the whole way through since this incident happened. Um, mm-hmm. I just can't. And I know some people like to go, oh, well, you can take the art away from the artist, but I can't. I I I can't watch a guy who, when he's out there, they call him a, a Wolverine and he's this and that and he's vicious and know he did what he what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, some people can can separate the two, and God bless him for doing that. I can't, and I always tell people if he would have just killed himself instead of his wife and his son, this wouldn't be a problem. You could probably look, he'd, he'd be looked at in a completely different light. All the accolades you guys want him to have, he'd have. That's great. Um, and he was an amazing wrestler. And I do think he'd be able to keep up with people if he was around at age because he was how good he was. But I have a hard time saying anything positive about the guy because of the way that it ended. And people always go, well, that shouldn't affect his legacy and blah, 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 blah. The moment he legacy. did those crimes, he the moment he committed those crimes, his legacy was nobody did that to his legacy. He did it to his own legacy when he killed his wife and his son. And how anybody can sit there and, and try to defend that is is crazy to me. And I'm not even going to get started on the Kevin Sullivan did it people, because you people don't even deserve to be spoken to. But um it's when 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 she said that. And I saw everybody get upset and outraged at her. I was like, well, even if you disagree with what she's saying, look who you're defending. Um, yeah. But that's that's the wrestling world nowadays, right? Yeah. And the, the I First of all, I don't know why Jordan Grace felt it, the need to talk People about Chris Benoit. People were talking about it. People were okay. talking about it. Okay. okay. She, it wasn't out of nowhere. It was, some, yeah. it was a conversation that was being had, so uh-huh. she put her two cents in. Yeah, and I'm sure she's. Are. I'm sure she's a nice young lady. Dan, you know her. I. I don't. Um, Barely, but yeah, she's and, a very nice person. Yeah, and maybe she didn't deserve the the uh, kind of hate that she's getting for what she's saying. I just don't like the. Maybe it's just me, but I think murdering your wife and kid is wrong. Yeah, it's just you. Nobody else goes that way. <laughs> well, that, I mean, that's... she was saying it sarcastically in the face of people that were like. This red bot, we should talk about him and we should watch his masters and celebrate him and he should be in the hall of fame. No. Um no, no, fuck no. Off. Yeah. <laughs> um that the the time is either Chris Benoit has come and gone. And um Derek encapsulated everything that I wanted to say uh about it. Um I've watched Chris Benoit's matches uh since the incident and uh, I just I just feel nothing towards it. It's just it's um I just see it as the whole thing as a tragedy. Now, I've had Chris Benoit killed himself and left his his uh, his family, his uh, his wife and son alone. Uh, he would have been um, just like with every, any other celebrity that committed suicide. They'd be revered, and they'd be yeah. there'd be so much sadness for them. And it's like we had no idea they were in so much pain, but 
my God, he gave us so much while he was here. And at least he's not in pain anymore. And now he has a wife and son that can carry on his name and his legacy and all that stuff. But he didn't do that. He he was the only one that had a choice in that. His wife and his son did had had no choice. So Chris Benoit will, will always, you know, burn in hell for me. The last thing I'm going to say about this, and the only thing that bugged me about what Jordan Grace said about Chris Benoit not being able to hang with the wrestlers of today, none of the wrestlers today, save for maybe Daniel Bryant, Samoa Joe, or Claudio, none of the wrestlers can hang with him back then. Fuck if Chris Benoit can hang with the wrestlers now. None of you namby-pamby wrestlers that work one day a week Yes. could hang with Chris Benoit back then. And not just Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko's, your Eddie Guerrero's, your Shane Douglas's, your Rick Rude. They were on the road five to seven days a week in different mm-hmm. towns. They weren't wrestling twice a week <laughs> on TV and flying to the next location and then working that one day and then going home. They were in rental cars in shitty motels. Wrestling in high school gymnasiums and places I'm going to talk about in the historian later. So none of you, Kenny Omega, can hang with the guys back then. So don't give me what Chris Benoit could do now. You guys don't look back. Don't look forward because you couldn't hang. I think the other name that was, it was, I think I had saw this conversation going around. The other name was Kurt Angle. Uh-huh. And I remember, and I was like, well, you guys know they can't. Kurt Angle's probably the greatest, <laughs> the greatest, one of the yeah. greatest wrestlers ever who didn't right. grow up doing it ever. Yes. But yeah, I, I remember the other name was Kurt Angle, and I just thought to myself, Kurt Angle was like a mile a minute from the, his first day in WWE, right? So he retired. He was a mile a minute. You couldn't keep up with him. Either. No. Yeah, and yeah, and Kurt Angle could hang today, and he could wrestle. Yeah. I wrestle anyone out again outside of Daniel Bryan, Joe, or Claudio. That's it. Um, mm-hmm. But none of the guys that today could hang with Kurt Angle and none of the guys, Kurt Angle could, could tear apart the guys in today's wrestling and today's wrestlers could not hang with Kurt Angle no. back in the day at all. Yeah. Uh, this me. week, because of this week in professional wrestling and some big stuff that happened. And it's almost ironic, don't you think, that this week in wrestling history uh, was also very big um the stuff that happened in professional wrestling i said professional wrestling because this is back um when the monday night wars were a thing where two different major wrestling corporations were vying for supremacy and who could be number one by putting the best possible product on that they possibly could and looking for any way they can one up the other um this took place in arenas and in stadiums and uh, in pay-per-views, all of which now are things of the past. That's why we're looking back in the past where wrestling was wrestling and not sports entertainment. And Vince McMahon has his fingerprints all over this week in professional wrestling history. This is a wrestling historian. Um, you guys probably saw um, <laughs> the uh, all over social media that happened um, July 7th. Um, 26 years ago, last year, we celebrated the 25th anniversary 
this year's 26th anniversary, uh, one year later, but still no less significant. Um, talking, of course, about July 7th, 1996, WCW's Bash at the Beach in uh, Daytona Beach, Florida. The main event, of course, was Randy Savage, Lex Luger, and Sting going against the newly minted team of the Outsiders, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, and a mystery third partner. Real quick, Craig, uh, Derek, before you uh, comment, because I know you'll have something to say on this, is uh, I just want to say that the best thing that happened in that match is Lex Luger went out early. Anyway. Yes. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> uh, Larry. All, <laughs> all three men coming out in the matching Sting makeup to show their solidarity for WCW's number one guy, uh, Sting. Lex Luger injured earlier, uh, even though... Oh, Hall and Nash went in two on three. They more than held their own and took out Lex Luger. So it was a two on two match. Uh, Hall and Nash against uh, Sting and Randy Savage having a fine match. And the work in the ring was very good. And the fans were into it. And it was packed. Um, Savage goes down to a thanks to a low blow by Kevin Nash. And that's when, unbeknownst to us, the third member appeared. Now, a little backstory on here. Um, the, the legend has always been that um, if Hogan said no, that they were going to go to Sting. And Sting, uh, in the, one of his in-depth interviews he did when he signed with WWE, and was talking to, um, to uh, JBL about it. He still maintains he had no idea if that was ever the case. And he just said, fine, uncle, I, I agree. I think what happened was what had happened was when the idea of a third man came about, Hulk Hogan saw the amount of heat, attention, and ratings that Hall and Nash were getting. So when Eric Bischoff went to him, he said yes. So I don't think it ever even got to Sting that, oh, by the way, Sting, if Hogan says, no, we're going to come to you for it. I don't think he was ever, I believe Sting, that he was never approached because Hogan saw the writing on the wall and said, I want to align myself with these guys because that's where all the attention goes. And since I've been in WCW, I haven't drawn flies um, compared to what WCW was drawing before I got here. And since I jobbed out all the guys that everyone liked, the Steve Austins and the um, Ricky Steamboats and uh, Bobby Eaton's and Flair's and all the guys, Vader and all the guys that made WCW great before I got here, I'm going to latch on with these guys. And whether it's Hogan serving Hogan as usual, but still the leg drop heard around the world when he dropped it on Randy Savage and turned on, turned his back on the red and yellow. Still one of the most iconic moments in wrestling history. Uh, one I'll never forget, and I relive over and over again. Even Bobby Heenan going to business for himself. Yeah, but whose side is he on? Uh, didn't dampen the or lessen the blow of what actually happened. And I, for one, uh, still get goosebumps. Still can't believe what I saw. And um, it was a, it was a, it was a wild night. You remember that night, Derek? I do. And um, the best part about it is. Once all the smoke cleared, I remember the next night on Nitro, Bobby Heenan just looked at everybody and said, I told you. <laughs> he was like, I've been, I've been telling you for years. Nobody believed me. 
I told you, and look who was right. But yeah, I, I remember watching that uh, at my buddy Larry's house, and we watched it, and Hulk Hogan came out, and I remember we were like, where's he been? Because he hadn't, he hadn't been on TV for a while. Right. And he came out, and he dropped a leg, and everybody was like, what the hell? And then automatically start thinking, it's a WWF thing, and blah, blah, blah. Who, like, that yeah. was probably Hogan's smartest business decision, because it yes. was easy to do the Hulkamania thing, but that was probably the smart, it prolonged his career, what, 10, 15 more years? Yes. Uh, and it, it put him back on top again and it put him relevant again. And all the guys that hated Hogan before mm-hmm. now we're cheering him because yeah. now we now you're cool. Now mm-hmm. you, you threw away the, the say your prayers, eat your vitamins and stuff, and now you're you're with the bad guys now and yeah. cut an effective promo. Uh, finally, and something I'm worth that I actually was listening to because the Hulk Hogan before that. Um, and keep in mind, this has been Hulkamania happened in '84. This is '96. Um, yeah. it's you know, all the kids grew up, and you know, the, the act had gone stale. So, yeah, him not being on TV and him coming back like that, yeah, shook up the world, shook up the world. So, that was July 7, 1996. Bash at the beach. Can't believe it's been 26 years. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that is a wow. Um, July 11th, um, 1992 was a, a uh, surreal uh, wrestling card that took place. This was a WWE house show in Charlotte, North Carolina. What made it special, though, Derek, was uh, that Randy Savage, the WWF heavyweight champion, uh, was defending his belt against Ric Flair. Mm. And this was Ric Flair's first time in Charlotte since leaving WCW. And this is July 11th, 1992. So coming back to do a house show in Charlotte and he pinned Randy Savage. Uh, The referee didn't see it. His foot was on the ropes. Second referee came down, disallowed it, and the decision was reversed. And Savage became the winner, but Ric Flair got the pin, the world, the WWF heavyweight champion in Charlotte, North Carolina on a WWE show. And that was his first match back since leaving WCW. So that was a big one. July 11th, um, July 12th, um, was another big pay-per-view in great, uh, the great American bash in Atlanta, GA, uh, Dr. Death, Steve Williams, and Terry Gordy became the NWA Tag Team Champions in a tournament, and they defeated the, the team of Dusty Rhodes and Barry Windham. Sorry, Dustin Rhodes and Barry Windham, the uh, sons of Dusty Rhodes and Blackjack Mulligan. Um, and the team that Doc and Gordy beat before them were Nikita Koloff and Ricky Steamboat. And Ricky Steamboat actually broke his ribs in that match when um, Dr. Death gave him a backbreaker out of nowhere. Steamboat had positioned himself to take a body slam. And then oh. <laughs> and then Dr. Death put his knee up at the last minute and oh. broke two of uh, Steamboat's ribs. I remember that pay-per-view. Um, but also making that um, a noteworthy pay-per-view that was uh, – Big Van Vader defeated Sting for his first 
world championship in America. He had already been a world champion in Japan and in, uh, in Austria. Um, but this was his first American world championship, defeating Sting for the WCW heavyweight championship. What made the, the, the Doc and Gordy, one of the NWA tag team champions, so great? Because this was back in the day, kids, when they were wrestling hotlines. Mm. And what made this uh, interesting was they, you uh, said, you can talk to the new NWA tag team champions right now if you call the hotline. And there was a picture in the WCW magazine of Terry Gordy and Dr. Death Steve Williams holding, wearing headphones and microphones talking to callers who just called in and they were still dripping with sweat. They had the belts on their laps, talking to fans after they won the title, something I haven't seen since then, but um, now they have press conferences, but back then you, if fans could actually call in, if you call the hotline, I think a dollar first made in three ninety nine for each additional minute. Um, but that was interesting for me back then. Also that, that pay-per-view, uh, did a 0.4 buy rate, which right now would kill any team would kill for, but there's no such thing as pay-per-view anymore, kids. Yeah. Uh, also, July 12th, happy belated 48th birthday to Sugar Shane Helms, a.k.a. the Hurricane, a.k.a. Gregory Helms, um, because you, if you can't have the same first name. In WWF back in the oh, day, no. kids, you can't have the same... No. His name was Shane, but there already was a Shane, so he had to change it to Gregory and then later Hurricane. That's nuts. Yeah. And uh, happy belated 46th birthday to uh, the one and only Brock Lesnar. That's not a big deal. It's funny funny you mentioned Vader. I've Mm -hmm. only fared for a wrestler three times. Yeah, all three times they were, they were in the ring with Vader, and it's that Sting match you talked about with Vader. Yeah, it's Vader's. It's the Vader match where Ric Flair comes back and he's trying to become world champion, and mm-hmm. it's when Vader damn near killed Cactus Jack on the episode of Saturday WCW Saturday Night. Those are the only three times I. Is that when you can watching. hear his nose break? Yeah. Yes, those, yeah. Yes, those three times I feared for the guy's life, and it all. It wasn't. It wasn't bad enough that that match existed. What was really bad is there was a great Mick Foley box set that came out in the mid 2000s and it had that match on it without commentary, just the ambient mics and the camera mics. So you could actually hear it clear. And I was like, that's not, I didn't need that. (laughs) I mean, I I watched the shit out of it, but I didn't need that at all. (laughs) Oh, I love Vader. Yeah. And he, yeah, I miss that guy. That started the, uh, the, the, train rolling with vader um the stiff work of vader because sting was injured in that match that um vader won his first world championship uh, he already <laughs> he separated the shoulder of nikita koloff in their match um yeah. he already broke the back of joe thurman during that power bomb um that was replayed over and over and over again uh and even we'll get to it in a future historian we'll talk about the ron simmons win but when vader re- regained the belt he injured Ron Simmons. So yeah, you were you were right to be scared of anyone who went in the ring with, with Vader D Mac. He was one yeah. fierce. Well, you know why Hogan didn't want anything to do with him um yeah. during their matches. And when you saw they got physical, Hogan hit Vader on the back with metal folding chairs, but Vader could only hit Hogan with the uh balsa wood chairs because Hogan didn't want to get hurt. Which makes the I'm I'm a Brett guy, 
So I yeah. hate Sean. So I kind of wish during that match at SummerSlam when Sean was like making him look bad, that he just would have reverted back to WCW Vader, just even for two minutes and just yes. talk Sean Alexa. But Sean was the golden boy, so I guess he couldn't do it. And Vader and I, and Cornets talked about it on his podcast. He said Vader in WWE was such a, he didn't, he was such a soft-spoken guy. He didn't want to make waves. He didn't, he wanted, he wanted to get along. So when in that match where Sean jumped off the top rope and Vader didn't move and Sean landed and he kicked him and said, fucking move. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he took it and he didn't say, yes, I've said that before, Derek. I wish to God just for one second, he would have gone back yes. to WCW Vader yes. and just even back in the locker room said, you ever fucking talk to me like yeah. that again, I will break you the fucking two. Yeah, but exactly. he was, he didn't want to lose his game. He didn't want to ruffle any feathers. Yeah. And it's like fucking Sean. Fuck that guy. And yeah, right. what Come year? On. I wonder what year it occurred to Sean how close he was to death that night. Yes. Yeah. It's like playing with a bear. Like if yeah. Vader wanted to rip his head off, he could have ripped his head off. But like, does he ever? Is it, I would love to have been in the room in the moment that he watched that footage or saw that footage again, or someone interviewed him about it, and he was like, "Oh." Yeah. <laughs> is that what is that what it looked like? Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> oh man, I'm glad he's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Or I would have been first, yeah. Holy shit. Oh, every yeah. Oh man, if I was Vader, mm-hmm. if I was that if 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 I was like in every way Vader mm-hmm. and I was wrestling Sean, and Sean would have yelled that to me. No yeah. fucking way. Nope. Yeah, that's it. That's no, it. Yeah, no. That's it. It's over. It's over. Son. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to design a mall around your dead fucking body. Come here. Mhm. Mhm. He was an architect. He was an architect. He was. Yeah, yeah, he designed it says I'm going to build I'm going to build a mall around your corpse. Come here, you fuck. You know that <laughs> Sid Caesar. Sid Caesar to the guy that yelled at him at the cab. It's an old-fashioned cab with that little window in the front. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the driver's side, so you could open that little tiny square window or the triangle window, and this guy almost hit Sid in the car. You know, anybody, everybody here knows who Sid Caesar is. Yes, yeah. I know who Sid Caesar is, uh, and he's just. Well, I, I was making sure Derek's and he's just yelling at Sid across the street, and 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 Sid and, and Mel Brooks is leading Sid like, "Come on, Sid, we gotta go." And Sid Caesar is just like looking at him and he crosses back into the street, walks up to the cab and the windows are rolled up except for that little tiny window triangle. And this guy, he Sid walks up to this guy. He goes, do you remember your birth? And this guy goes, what do you remember your birth? He goes, no, we're going to relive it together. Come here. And he grabs him and tries (laughs) to pull the guy through the window. That would have been Vader. If I was Vader, that would have been Shawn Michaels. I'm going to pull you through the tiniest hole. You mother. You little Ooh. motherfucker. Who the yep. fuck do you think? You ain't Bret Hart yet, son. Yeah, right? How dare you? Anyway, I'm glad he found Jesus and all that. Yeah. I'm it's better. You know that other stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, J- July 13th, 1991. Uh, this is a callback uh, in a couple of weeks past in a previous story. And we talked about, uh, we found the footage of Gary Michael Capetta actually making the announcement in the Meadowlands that Ric Flair was no longer with WCW and how the Great American Bash that year had to be changed 
because Flair was gone. So the WCW Great American Bash that year, uh, 11 days later, uh, had to be retooled. And uh, with Barry Windham, the number one contender, losing to Lex Luger, who would become the new WCW heavyweight champion uh, for Luger's first world championship. Um, and throughout the entire pay-per-view, they had no way to stop the audio of the massive We Want Flair chants <laughs> that echoed throughout the entire building. Uh, which brings us to today, folks. In wrestling history, we spent a lot of time in the beginning of the top of the hour talking about Vince McMahon and what Vince McMahon, uh, his legacy has been in professional wrestling. We even talked about uh, July 7th, 1996 with Bash at the Beach and how it looked like the WWF was invading WCW. Well, on this date in history, July 14th, 1984, Wrestling fans as old as me know, and we will always refer to it as Black Saturday. Ah, yes. <laughs> Youngsters, for those of you who, do, who don't know, uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling was a staple in the NWA and through most cable networks because TBS in its infancy was the most popular basic cable network on television, on basic cable, even more so than HBO. Um, and wrestling, wrestling fans are very loyal that you know, and especially in Georgia because they wake up every morning and watch your Georgia mm -hmm. Championship Wrestling. But on this fateful Saturday, today in 1984, they turned on their TV set and were greeted with the visage of Vincent Kennedy McMahon taking the microphone from the announcer Freddie Miller to let everyone know that you're ushering in a new era in professional wrestling, we're going to bring you the best of the World Wrestling Federation. Now, leading up to today in wrestling history, um, the territory was owned um, by other people and Vince <laughs> looking to expand his ever reach, ever widening reach because we we're still in the infancies of Hulkamania. Um, wanted to buy all the other territories. So he went to, to uh, Georgia because the owners at the time were upset with Ole Anderson. And who wouldn't be? He's Ole Anderson. He's Ole and Anderson. So, Everybody's upset with Ole Anderson. But the majority of the owners, Ole Anderson owned half of the Georgia Championship Wrestling territory. The other owners were Jack and Jerry Briscoe and Jim Barnett. Turns out Ole owned 49%. Jack and Jerry and Jim Barnett owned 51. And that's who Vince dealt with. So he owned the Georgia territory. And he already had the USA network, Vince did. And that's where he, he bought that from Southwest Championship Wrestling. Joe Blanchard, Tully's dad, he sold to Vince. Southwest Championship Wrestling was exclusively on USA, and that was the only wrestling on USA. Mm -hmm. And Vince bought them out, and that's when the relationship between the WWF and USA started way back in 1984. Well, now he's going for Georgia Championship Wrestling because he bought out Jim Barnett and Jack and Jerry Briscoe, 
he owned the controlling shares in it. And he wanted to, so now he had a second national cable outlet after Ted Turner initially turned him down. He went to uh, Jack and Jerry Briscoe and Jim Barnett. Um, sorry. Ooh. I love you guys. I'm going to leave um, that in there. Shut up. <laughs> so he had controlling interest in, in Georgia Championship Wrestling. Immediately, Vince went back on his word. Go figure. He told them that they were going to have original programming because they wanted to keep the old studio, the TV studio where Georgia Championship Wrestling was made and produced. And they had the biggest stars in professional wrestling in the NWA would come to Georgia Championship Wrestling in that old studio. Vince showed nothing but old clips of WWF shows and clips from house shows, which were basically squash matches and stuff you could already see if you're watching the WWF syndicated show every Saturday morning, you already seen these matches. So right away, fans were upset. Even more upset were the people that were, remember the ones that turned in to see Georgia Championship Wrestling, they could do every Saturday morning and every Saturday night. They besieged the telephone operators in Georgia, wanted to know where their uh, programming was. And most of the calls, 85% of the calls, wanted Gordon Soley back mm. because they didn't want Vince McMahon. And they certainly didn't want to see old clips and no live wrestling. And it was a ratings disaster. Uh, Ted Turner, in order to combat Vince, actually gave uh, the Sunday afternoon time slot to Bill Watts in Mid-South Wrestling, and he gave a Saturday morning early spot where the Saturday morning Georgia Championship Wrestling come on at 9. Ted Turner gave Ole Anderson a 7.30 a.m. spot and called it Championship Wrestling from Georgia that featured um, most of his gang. Uh, most of the, the top Georgia stars, Tommy Rich, Mr. Wrestling 2, the Mass Superstar, and the Road Warriors. And both of those shows, the Sunday afternoon, Bill Watts, Mid-South show, and Ole Anderson's 7.30 a.m. show, which came on at 4.30 in the morning in California, outdrew the Vince McMahon-led Georgia Championship Wrestling. So Vince was losing money, losing ratings, and losing his grip on Georgia Championship Wrestling. Um, so he wanted to get out. Sound familiar, Vince? Yeah. <laughs> and he uh, he was in Jim Barnett, one of the guys that that sold Georgia Championship Wrestling to Vince, um, gave him the I gave him the name of Jim Crockett. So he sold Georgia Championship Wrestling to Jim Crockett for the tidy sum of one million dollars. And uh, Crockett bought it for $1 million. And Vince McMahon took that $1 million, even though he was a failure at Georgia Championship Wrestling. The $1 million he got from selling Georgia Championship Wrestling to Jim Crockett was what he used to finance the first WrestleMania. What a crazy story that is. What a crazy story. <laughs> and that had a ripple effect there because not only did that enable him to finance WrestleMania, and start the pay-per-view boom in professional wrestling. But on the other end, because of the success of cable wrestling and Vince getting two cable wrestling shows that opened up the or other, or other cable outlets to start getting 
wrestling shows on their cables because they didn't cost anything to make. So because mm-hmm. of that decision, what Vince did, um, next thing you know, AWA wrestling was on ESPN in 1985 and also followed world-class uh, Global Wrestling Federation and the USWA uh, would uh, find homes on ESPN. And TBS would also find room for, like I said, Mid-South. Uh, Southwest Championship Wrestling would go back on USA. And so cable outlets found wrestling to be a great um, ratings grab and a revenue stream um, for any sports programming they had. And cable outlets knew that if you put wrestling on, there's going to be a built-in audience. And Vince McMahon, unbeknownst to him, started the stream of cable outlets using pro wrestling um, to get their, to grow their audience. And on his end, the sale of his failed uh, attempt at Georgia's Championship Wrestling helped finance WrestleMania. But that also started the, uh, the hatred between Ted Turner and Vince McMahon. And that has not abated to this day. And honestly, Blacks, if there was no Black Saturday, there would be no Monday Night Wars. Yeah. And that, in a huge callback circle Vince McMahon then Vince McMahon now <laughs> that's the wrestling historian but I want to know do you guys have I know Derek you weren't alive during Black Saturday but have you heard uh have you heard stories about that before I have my um my family's from Augusta Georgia mm-hmm. so and everybody down there loved wrestling even my grandmother so my uncle <laughs> my uncle told a funny story he turned on you know, the show and, and Vince McMahon's what on there. What the fuck is this shit? <laughs> he's like, who's this goddamn Yankee? Like, he, he was very <laughs> upset. Who's this just... fucking cracker ass motherfucker? <laughs> it's funny how territorial it was back then. Like, we, like, so when I was old enough, when I was born and we would go down to Georgia for the summer, mm-hmm. and I might have been three. Or this might have been 89, 90, and we would go down and we'd want to watch wrestling. And my brother would always be upset. My older brother would always be upset. And young Derek is like, why are you mad? We're going to watch wrestling. You know, here comes the Hart Foundation and the Rockers. And all that. he turns on the TV and it's like, who's, who, who's this? And who's that guy? And I'm like, where's the Anvil and the Hitman? And like, that's not wrestling. That's a circus, blah, 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 blah. And like, it was just so, like back then, the anger between the two. And I didn't really get to like appreciate it. So I don't think we got the Superstation on our cable network, TBS, till like 92. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really get a chance to appreciate it till 1992. But just between the South and the North, just how much friction it was based on professional. Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, it, it was just amazing to see. So I, when you said that, I automatically thought of my, of my Uncle Greg and how pissed off he was <laughs> when he turned yeah. on the TV and bits with him. And Georgia audiences were pissed. Like I said, the the switchboards lit up the entire time it was on, and every single week it was on. Um, the, and the experiment only lasted, you know, a couple months because right away, the, the fans, the fans knew, and and Jim Barnett and even the Briscoes knew that they were hoodwinked. That he went back on his his um, his word to show to share original programming. Um, again, so like I said, nothing but clips, and you know interviews and you know this is 84 so this is a, the, the early stages of uh 
the Hulkamania train and, and the Flash and everything like that were in the South in Georgia. We want to see wrestling first, and we'll hear about the personalities later. But WWF back then, a personality, personality, personality. Oh, here's a little wrestling, and here's you know more interviews and that kind of thing. Um, but yes, uh, the South and the North. That's why it was always said, even when Hogan said his in his great inter- his interview after he turned when he joined um, Hall and Nash, he said these two men came from a great organization up north. And when everyone and when you would wrestle, or they just call it New York, yeah, you know, up in New York. And if you're in New York, you say, "Well, that's how they how they do it down south. Down south, they actually love wrestling." Yes, my my grandmother she she would she mocks us because she's from Georgia, and she was telling us two things. She goes, "When I was in high school, she dated she dated James Brown." So she always tells us, your "Grandpa, your grandpa was almost James Brown." She would always tell us that. When it came to wrestling, she would tell me and my brother, you know, if I could have ever got my hands on that dusty road, you'd have a white grandpa. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> so it, it's like the relationship they have, like to this day, they still love Flair. They love the Rock and Roll Express. They love Dusty. Yeah. All my all my aunts love Magnum. Uh, it's it's to, crazy. I'm just trying to sit with what your grandmother just. You imagine I could have been, you know, Cody could have been my brother. <laughs> brother <yeah. laughs> but um, you could have been just, wa- you could have been talking with a lift. Yeah, baby. Yeah. But yes, baby. The, the love affair that they to this day that Georgia has with professional wrestling is amazing. Yeah, um, there was no denying it, and it just in the South, you know, in, in general. Uh, the, the roots of Southern wrestling run deep that in Georgia, Florida, Memphis, Texas, yeah. um, take it real seriously. Uh, back mm-hmm. then, it's like because you spend more time with them watching these people every single week, invited them into your living room, they're part of your family, yeah. and so you become invested. And you know, you you go to the wrestling match after you had your Thanksgiving dinner. You went down to the arena and watched these guys because that's how you spent your holidays and Christmases watching these famous wrestlers. In that's what you did in the South. Every Christmas mm-hmm. you go to Reunion Arena if you're in Texas to watch the world class Star Wars. Every Thanksgiving in the Carolinas you go to watch the uh, the, the Charlotte Coliseum to watch you know your favorite star of the Mid Atlantic and Flair and Steamboat. And that's part of your life. Um, mm-hmm. In Memphis, you go to, um, you'd have to have your umbrellas. Women would have their umbrellas taken away from them, even when it's raining, because they didn't want them. They were going to hit Jimmy Hart with it when he came to the ring. <laughs> so they took the umbrellas from the women that were coming in because they would be weapons because it's the South and they take it seriously. I told the story yeah. about um uh, Andy Kaufman, when he first went to Vince Sr. about wanting to wrestle women in Madison Square Garden, and Vince Sr. said, no, we don't want any celebrities here in our wrestling ring. You know, c- cut to two years later, how that would change. But mm-hmm. uh, it was Bill Apter who told Andy that, um, why don't you try Memphis? Why don't you try, you know, Jerry Lawler? And he did. And had he, the backup story was, had Jerry Lawler not gone for the idea of Andy Kaufman wrestling down there, his next stop would have been Florida. Mm. Uh, now, can you imagine Andy Kaufman and Dusty Rhodes oh. having a program? Money, baby. Money. money, baby. And public, if you will. <laughs> but yeah, but Black Saturday, 
ripple effects even to this day, 38 years later. Uh, Vince McMahon is right in the middle of stuff. And that, gentlemen and ladies, is a wrestling historian. And you can follow me on any and all social media platforms. Well, I will also deny the flyers on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter at Craig Lagon, C-R-A-I-G-L-I-G-G-E-O-N-S. Fucking flyers. Follow me. Uh, trying my best to ignore those motherfuckers. At DanLaw83, all social media platforms. Uh, you can follow Derek. Uh, never. Uh, Derek doesn't go on Twitter because Derek would get a I mean, I know for a fact he is on Twitter, but we don't talk about that. Uh, don't. He, he will get into trouble because he does not. He does not suffer fools. Especially when they're paler than I am and they march with <laughs> funny looking boots. Uh, <laughs> go to every. Am I wrong? No. No, no, no. no. Uh, and I'll be right behind him with the no, other, yeah. with the other uh, uh, projectile. Uh, <laughs> HIC Talk Radio. Go to every podcast app that you can think of. Type that in. Subscribe, follow, like. Uh, stream at night when you're sleeping. I don't care as long as they're streaming and I don't care if you're listening. Just hit play. Just push play. For Derek, son's going to be named Daniel. McDonald and Craig is never going to have a kid. Lagans, I am Dan. Also never going to have a kid. Tell the Chico. We'll see you next time. Keep it on the paper. <laughs>